0: This week on the show, I'm excited to welcome Andy Chasteen, direct from Bentonville, Arkansas, to the show. If you're like me and you follow a lot of the gravel community, whether it be athletes or event or community members on Instagram, somewhere along the line, I suspect you may have found your way to Andy's Instagram account and following his enthusiastic participation in the gravel community, particularly in Northwest Arkansas. Andy's one of the co-founders of the Rule of Three Gravel event, and it's one of those events that really hits close to my heart, directly in the sweet spot of things I love about the event. So I was excited to have Andy finally come on board and just talk about the concept from beginning to end and the type of experience that he was trying to create with his co-founders. As I got into the conversation, I learned a lot more about Andy and some of the amazing events that are in his history and one amazing event in particular that he produced in the climbing world that I was quite familiar with from Red Bull TV, I think it was. So I'm hugely excited and enthusiastic to welcome Andy to the show. But before we jump in, I do need to thank this week's sponsor, Pillar Performance. For those of you who don't know Pillar, is a sports micronutrition company who have developed products that intersect between pharmaceutical intervention and sports supplements for athletes. The easiest way to describe it is hydration and carbohydrate products that'll take you through to the finish line. Pillar's mission is to get athletes to the start line in the best condition over and over again. For me, I've been paying an increasing amount of attention to my nighttime routine. Pillar's triple magnesium has become an integral part of my end of day ritual, taking it 30 minutes before bed each night to guarantee my body spends as much time in REM and deep sleep as possible. Pillar uses a high dose of glycinate magnesium, activating the parasympathetic nervous system and ensuring you fall asleep and stay in the restorative sleep phases for longer. I check my HRV data religiously each morning, and it speaks volumes as to the effects of Pillar's triple magnesium and what it's doing for my recovery. Higher HRV and more closely linked REM and deep sleep cycles. On top of that, I feel better rested and recovered and ready to attack my workout for the day. If you'd like to try Pillar today, head on over to pillarperformance.shop. For U.S. listeners, head to thefeed.com slash pillar and enter the code Craig for 15% off. That's Craig, C-R-A-I-G, for 15% off all first-time purchases. With that business behind us, let's jump right into this conversation with Andy. Andy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I've been yeah, listening to you for for a long time.
0: <laughs> That's amazing so, to hear, Andy.
1: <laughs> well, some sometimes it's just weird to be on a podcast that you've been listening to and you're talking to the person that you listen to all the time. So it's it can be awkward, but it's great. It's an honor to be here. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. And I feel like I've been observing your antics from afar for a while, <laughs> so I feel like I know you a little bit, but it's the first time I think that we've actually got a chance to chat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked to talk to you. So,
0: sweet. Well, a lot of people will have heard of Rule of Three, and I definitely want to get into that event. Sure. super excited to talk to you about that and um, gravel cycling in North, Northwest Arkansas as well, just as a general topic, because I know as we were talking about off- offline, that community that you're part of cultivating and a member of is just so vibrant that uh, you know I just love to hear stories from the ground and how other communities can mimic what you're doing and the passion mm-hmm. that the community seems to have for gravel riding
1: yeah it's a uh, you know as we we're as we were talking a few minutes ago, there's a lot going on here, and uh it's quite exciting and as we like to stay around here we're uh we're just on first base, which is kind of which is kind of exciting to to even say
0: <laughs> yeah and for those of us who have been to bentonville to 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 hear you describe it as first base is insane because you've got great infrastructure, you can get around town on bike paths. But that's just the tip, tip, tip of the iceberg. There's a couple of substantial mountain bike areas and obviously miles and miles and miles of great gravel that's demonstrated in the Big Sugar Gravel event every year. That's right. And,
1: uh, you know, we're working on, you know, like you said, connectivity. And I don't mean to jump straight into this, but like a lot of what we are working on in the Bentonville area is connectivity. How can we connect neighborhoods, uh, you know, business centers, and just life in general to trail uh, and gravel road and safe uh, connectors to get out into these rural area. Like that's a, that's a thing that's been on our mind for, you know, well, for, for a while, but what we've really focused on in the past year is is really making, is connecting uh, Bittenville or the Northwest Arkansas area to the right experience, which has been uh, a fun, exp- a, a fun time for sure.
0: Yeah, I bet, you know, that, that safe connector Thread I think is so important because a lot of areas are great for cycling, but you have to get there, and many of us want to ride there. And if riding there is dangerous, that's just going to prevent people from enjoying the sport in the way we want them to. Yeah,
1: uh, the lens with which we've been looking at uh, let's let's just stay on the gravel side for now. But like the lens with which we've been looking at the gravel side of the you know the experience in Northwest Arkansas is has been heavily towards okay. This area is growing. This area is growing very, very fast. And there's there are some things that we cannot control. And we can't control growth. You know, we we, we don't you know, we want the Bentonville Northwest Arkansas area to grow and be prosperous and you know, but we also have to make sure that, that experience for the rider is, you know, safe, it's enjoyable, um, it's uh it's approachable for someone who might be brand new. So that's kind of the lens with which we've been, uh, looking at, uh, the gravel experience. And quite honestly, we're building gravel connectors that are not used by cars. They're just for cyclists to get from say, let's just say for right now, uh, the center of Bentonville out into these rural areas. So as Bentonville grows and the footprint expands, those will be protected in perpetuity for their gravel experience, which is really cool. And I'm, Maybe there's other, you know, communities doing that, but if, if they are, I'm not aware of it and it it really is this amazing foresight, uh, to where 20 years from now, we hope that the gravel experience is protected and enhanced and, uh, and still what it
0: currently is. So, yeah, it's probably worth, you know, I've, I've spoken about Bentonville a couple of times on the podcast before, but it's probably worth noting that the, the sort of and correct me if I'm wrong, but the major employer in Bentonville is Walmart and then entities that are related to Walmart. And it's just, it's been there for many, many years. And the Walmart family has had a commitment to investing in cycling infrastructure so that Mm -hmm. when they're thinking about their new campus from the ground up, they're always thinking about how can people ride bikes in? And it seems from an outsider's perspective that that's infused across the entire town. Just this idea that Bikes are going to be part of this community, and to your recent point, we're going to build in infrastructure from the onset of planning, not try to slap it on after we've built a subdivision or grown the community in some way.
1: That's right. There has to be some foresight, and you're right. There, that's the that's the that's the focus for sure. And it can't be done, like you said, behind the ball. We have to be ahead of the ball on that. You know, for example, the WalMarts build a new. Uh, uh, ginormous, uh, home office campus. And on that campus will be single track and there's initiatives within the, within the home office, you know, to, to have a certain percentage of people commuting their, you know, to, to work on, you know, on a weekly basis. And so there is a lot of foresight within, you know, cycling and riding a bike is not only healthy, but it makes, you know, it's just, it's better for a community as well. So, yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
0: Yeah, and as an off-road cyclist, I remember going from my Airbnb to an event that the people People for Bikes conference people were having at the that great museum you have there. And I yeah, remember Crystal Bridges, at, yeah, Crystal yeah. Bridges, yeah. And I remember yeah. having the opportunity to ride single track just on the way there to get from point <laughs> A right. to point B. And I was like, "This is fantastic." Yeah, there's kids. You know, kids
1: ride single track to school every day. Which I mean, yeah. I'm a little jealous cuz I wish I would have had that experience. But yeah, it's it's uh it's it's we got a lot going on here. There's it's uh I I like to use the word bonkers. There's a lot of bonkers things going on here. It's busy yeah. and it's it's bustling and it's great. If you're a bike rider, it's hard for me to think there's a better place to be. That's for sure. So. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. It's definitely someplace everybody needs to visit at some point. <laughs> it, 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 like, I feel like, you know, Northwest Arkansas 10 years ago might not have been on people's radar as a cyclist as yeah. a place to go. And now I think unequivocally for anybody who's set foot in that town of Bentonville in that area, it's a emphatic yes, go visit. That's right.
1: Yeah, for yeah. sure. For
0: sure. You were talking about sort of childhood and the ability to, to ride to school, et cetera. Yeah. Let's let's roll back a second and just kind of sure. learn a little bit more about where you grew up, Andy, and how did you find the bike originally.
1: Oh man, that's a long story, but I'll try to I'll try to keep it short. Uh, I grew up in southern Missouri, kind of right across the border, actually, from northwest Arkansas. In some really small town. Went off to college. Um, I played. I actually played basketball in college, and uh, you know, in, into team sports. Basically, you know, my entire childhood and into you know. Probably you know twenty one twenty two years old, and then, after I graduated college i I got obsessed with rock climbing for some weird reason and uh and got really into rock climbing ultra marathoning um and like i said like a, a very long story made very short, maybe not very <laughs> short but short um i was running the, i was running ultra marathons and in order to train for ultramarathons, i'm a I'm like a big guy about like two hundred pounds. And I knew that I couldn't run a lot of miles to train for these ultras. Yeah. And so what I would do is I would go out for like, you know, maybe like a 10 mile trail run. And then I would jump on a bicycle. I wasn't a cyclist, but I would jump on a bicycle to take that, you know, pressure off of my joints and like keep yeah. injury free. And so I, st- I would go out and jump on a bicycle for four hours and I just got hooked, completely hooked. And really the rest is history. been on a bike ever since. Um And, you know, I still love to do all these I love outdoor endeavor, yeah, outdoor wreck, anything outdoor wreck, paddling, you know, climbing, trail I, I like all that, but my obsession is certainly with the bike. So, um that's the that's the short story.
0: <laughs> and we did you discover yourself as a as a mountain biker in those early days or what what was your niche of choice? Uh, at the time I was actually living in in
1: Oklahoma City and which which is, you know, it's there's there's not a lot of what I would consider like great bike riding there, but the yeah. community is amazing. It's a very tight knit, not a big community, very tight knit, but it's very road centric. Um, okay. So I started off kind of on the road bike and uh, you know, I raced, I did road racing and crit racing and all that. And uh, I, I, I was, I was certainly into mountain biking at the time, but that wasn't what I spent most of my days doing. So it's kind of started on the road.
0: Gotcha. Since we're going to get into the rule of three event that you've, you're yeah. putting on there in Bentonville I think it's gonna be interesting to just talk about your journey and experience as an event organizer. And I know yeah. from your bio that a rock a big rock climbing event happened sometime in that period. So why don't you walk us through like that event? Cause I think it is for those of you who who haven't heard of Horseshoe Hell, go look it up. I think I saw, I wanna say I saw Uh, some stuff on red bull tv about it but i've read about it in outside magazine over the years so it's a really amazing event but i'd love to just hear how it got started because i think it's part of your origin story as someone who stuck up their hand and said i can put on an event
1: yeah for sure so like you know rewind back when i was in this very obsessive rock climbing phase and uh you know, there's a there's this beautiful beautiful canyon out in uh in Arkansas called uh Horseshoe Canyon Ranch and they have, you know, six hundred uh, you know, sport routes. Um so single pitch technical, you know, sport route rock climbing. And I I would spend a lot of time there in kind of the early years of my climbing and we just me and some buddies when we can got this crazy idea, it's it's kind of an outdoor climbing gym. You got a route here, you can climb this route. You take you know 10 steps to your right and you got another one you know what i mean it's like route yeah. on route on route on route and, the, and they're all really good routes and so i we got this wild idea to put on an event that was like a 24-hour rock climbing competition which just seems idiotic in, yeah had anybody that-
0: done that in the past obviously like on the no on that- no, no no yeah we have like no, on the mountain no, no, bike no, no. side there's 24-hour mountain bike racing but sounds like it was a totally foreign concept
1: very foreign of course very very foreign and, um and so and all my buddies thought it was a great idea but nobody really wanted to like like kind of take the reins so I took the reins and uh and you know I it's a private it's a private property so I you know I went okay. and asked the owner and he was like yeah 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 you can do that and just and thus started this beautiful relationship this was 2006 and uh this this beautiful relationship with this with this great amazing place and we built this really cool experience where it started off as a 24 hour rock climbing competition, but now it's a five day festival. Right. And so, uh, outside climbing or uh, I'm sorry, outside magazine calls it the burning man of rock climbing. So you got people in costumes and it's a five day love fest party, right? Like it's, yeah. I like to say, you know, you can come here and be anybody you want to be for five days, as long as you're respectful to, uh, to, to, you know, to your fellow, you know, people there. Yeah. So, um and the rest is history. It still happens. We're still we're still doing it. And uh, is and even though I'm not like a huge climber and as as into it as I used to be, um, it's still it's still a raging. We can we can only allow 500 competitors, um, so that people can like accomplish their goals that they set out you know yeah. for that 24 hours. We can only let 500 people in but it the amount of spectators that come and the people who just want to kind of party for the weekend is way beyond that. So, yeah. Um it's really cool and uh, oddly enough I'd never put on an event before that. I had never even been to a rock climbing competition before I put that on. <laughs> and it and sometimes I think that that is actually the golden ticket like it's almost Agreed. better to not know how things are done or if they're supposed yeah. to be done when you're trying to do something. That way, you can be creative and kind of do you know something a little different. So, anyways, that was kind of the origins of my first event, and I don't consider myself—I still don't consider myself an event promoter because I have always just done them for fun. I've like always had a real yeah. job, and uh, but these have always been for fun, and we've cultivated beautiful communities behind them, and that's that's what I'm proud of um, in these events.
0: Yeah, amazing. I'll make sure to link to Horseshoe Hell because I just I think it's a fascinating story and the it's pictures that come time, out man. every year. Yeah, it looks awesome. It's a real wild it, time. It's a real wild. Is it a, <laughs> is it a two-person team for 24 hours or is it solo? That's It's a two-person team
1: because you have to have okay. a belayer, obviously. So the whole yeah. idea is like, but there are categories just like any other event. Like, you know, there's categories for the most amount of routes climbed by a team or an individual or the, the most amount of, uh, uh, routes climb that are, are certain, you know, difficulty level or whatever right. the case may be. So you, there's all these, just like, um, like kind of like the tour de France, there's a race, there's lots of races within the race there's lots of categories within this bit, this one event that you can actually go after, which is kind of cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. So much fun. <laughs> when did you find yourself actually moving to Bentonville and what, what attracted you to, to that area?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think of how many years ago that was that I that I moved to Bentonville. I, I originally I originally uh became involved in the Bentonville area through um I'm self employed, I'm a consultant in basically really what I I've always considered like the bike or outdoor industry. And so I really started coming to Bentonville years ago um as a consultant for different brands in the industry. So I you know, I I'd go to Bentonville and uh in my sprinter van and uh, and spend, you know, half of a month there at a time. I spent half my time there uh, just kind of living out of the van and working for clients and doing work that way. And uh, eventually I moved full-time. Uh, we're full-time in Bentonville now, but uh, my wife and I. But um, it started off as kind of like I was kind of – I hate to use the word squatting in Bentonville, but I was kind of <laughs> squatting in my Sprinter van in Bentonville for work. Yeah, which is wild. And obviously, obviously <laughs>
0: you started to discover some of the riding – throughout the area. Yeah. Was yeah. there a certain point in time when you, you sort of got under, got your first gravel bike underneath you? Uh, I had been, I had been
1: dabbling in gravel bike, you know, before I started going to Bentonville, I was super into the gravel scene early on um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, I I grew up in the outdoors, um, you know, hunting, fishing, things like that. And it just felt like gravel was more all, uh, in line with like my personality and where I came from. I, I grew up in a rural area, so even today when I ride my gravel bike in rural areas, it feels like I'm home. And so um I was I was into the gravel scene pretty early, I guess, if you will, but not because I thought it was the next big thing, it's just because it kind of resonated with my personality yeah. or my soul a little bit more. Yeah.
0: did that did that lead you to testing the water or some of those early events?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a lot of you know uh, I wrote an article uh many years ago. I'm trying to remember when when that was, but I wrote this crazy article. Uh, I have to look it up on the date, but the and it was just for like my personal website. It wasn't to like, you know, I wasn't a journalist or anything like that, but I wrote yeah. this article and this is when you know mid-south was was called you know the land run 100 and the article was was titled yeah um and it just (laughs) gave all the i gave all these reasons because it was a build it was it was for everyone it was for everyone who wanted to ride a bike no matter who you were and the the community the community building and like so i i just it resonated with me early i guess is what i'm trying to say
0: Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, and imagine you know at that time, obviously being familiar with Mid-South and all the events that were going on at that time. Over the subsequent years, we started to see, I mean, for lack of a better word, a professionalization of some subset of races, lots of community-based races. I mean, still to this day, I think event organizers have to kind of navigate their lane and understand like what type of event they're putting on. But as we come to the rule of three, I'm just curious of your mindset of was there something missing? Was it more, Hey, Bentonville's awesome. And I know my way around and I want to show people a great day out there. Talk us through the mindset of the origin of that event.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's probably a combination of, of, of maybe all of those. Um, the origin came, I have to say, you know, allied cycle works has been one of my clients for quite a few years and, uh, a guy named Sam Pickman, he's the director of product over there. He designs all, you know, all the bikes yeah. and everything. Um, our
0: podcast guest over here.
1: Oh, no way. Okay. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sam is a, a super good buddy of mine. I adore him. And, uh, there's actually a connection with that too, because Sam's wife, Lauren is my co-director for rule of three. So anyways, okay. I want to back up, uh, the, we were, you know, when the Able came out, Allied's first, first gravel bike, um we we were on sam and i were riding around um on the on prototypes in bentonville one time and we were hopping on single track and popping in and out of single track trail and then back onto gravel and things like that and we got this one day boom all this crazy idea why don't we put on an event that is equal amounts pavement gravel and single track and we kind of like threw it around a little bit we thought it was a really cool idea and that honestly is the origin of rule of three. And really we sat on that idea for probably two or three years, or I did, Because Sam's busy. He doesn't want to put that. He does not want to, that's not Sam's lane, right? Sam is yeah. a brain. He's a brain guy. Um, so we, th- that was where the origin of the idea came from is riding our gravel bikes on the single track in Bentonville. And so we sat on this idea for quite some time and this would have been tw- 20, early 2021 I remember specific the specific time when I decided it was go time for Rilla three, um, uh, mid south, uh, uh, mid again. I love you, Bobby. Mid South had just canceled uh, their event because of COVID, and yeah. the the reasoning behind is we can't bring people from all over the country here, um, because because of, of COVID. And I thought to myself, well, you know what I could do. I could put on an event in bentonville where it's just locals no one has to travel and we you know we have maybe 150 people show up and that is our like dipping our toes into the event scene right this is my time this is my time and so i like started this free instagram account and just kind of started marketing the idea behind rule of three next thing you know we sold out 700 spots in the first year i didn't wasn't expecting that but (laughs) um that's the origins of rule of three and quite honestly. I'd never put an event on. I'd been to a lot of them, obviously. Um, and I didn't do it out of, out of a desire to do something. I, I didn't think it was necessarily something that was lacking in the scene. I just was like, you know what? I want to put on an event and I want to do it my way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we'll do it different than everyone else. Um, Because I, personally speaking, I find value in all of these different ways that gravel events are put on. I think they're all valuable. I think they're all great, right? Whether you're putting on this beautiful UCI feel, you know, SBT gravel that's polished and beautiful, or you've got Unbound that's this really long, ginormous event, right, that's like the worldwide or you've got rule of 3 which we put it on in a freaking field. We're dirty, we're grimy, we're different, right? Mm-hmm. I find value in all of those. And I think that I think that, you know, uh there's there's enough of an audience now to where uh to where all of these different ways of putting on an event yeah. find value with they resonate with, you know, a certain audience and I so that's that was really the the reason behind it.
0: Yeah, 100%. I remember when I first read about Rule of Three, I was like, this is my jam because I often say, like, my favorite <laughs> events, you're going to hate your bike at least once during the event yeah. if the event organizer did it right. And when you guys kind of came yeah. out with Rule of Three, I was like, this is awesome. Like, it, it's really yeah. putting a fine point on, like, you better pick your poison. And I yeah. Yeah, very much enjoyed hearing stories about it and hearing some of the racers talk about it because they were. Going through these thought processes in their head, like I remember Ian Boswell talking about it and he's like, you know, I know I'm not going to rip single track. So if I'm going to be competitive in this race, I need to do something on the road section and on the gravel section that's going to meaningfully displace some of the more skilled mountain bikers in the bunch. Yeah.
1: And he did. He did that year, you know he put the hammer down and dropped almost everyone on a, on a really long kind of gravel pavement sector, you know, Um, which, you know, the route's really hard, you know, you know, it's historically speaking, we've, it's been a hundred mile route with about 10,000 feet of climbing and about 20 miles of single track, you know, it's, and you don't do all that single track at once. Like you're kind of in and out of stuff all day. Right. And that's the whole idea. You got to be on, there is no zoning out at rule of three, you zone out. That's when you're in trouble, you know, and so the whole idea was to do something that was really, really difficult, um, but keeps you on and honest all day long, right? Yeah. And so um, that was kind of the idea behind it. We throw a huge finish line party. Um, and that's one other thing that we do differently. We're in a field, right? We're in this big, wide open field. And the finish line is uh, basically a two-track road. Last year, we built a cyclocross course for for the finish line. <laughs> Um and so and what we do what I do on purpose or what Lauren and I do, I, I should give Lauren the, Lauren does most of the work. She's the brains behind the operation. But what we do is we we build the finish line and this is a this is a very important part for for the the brand of rule of three. Our finish line, you cross that finish line in the finish line shoot and you are in the party. We don't shoo you out of the chute. You, you, As you come across the finish line, you're in the party. We don't move you. You're there. You can stay there as long as you want to. We put a bag over your shoulder, and in that bag is a burrito, a beer, a Coke, and a muffin. So that so you don't have to go somewhere and pull your wallet out to find food. Yeah. It's right there. We expect you to stay and have a good time with all your friends and tell stories and whatever, right? But in order to do that, there, it also has to be safe, Right. So what we what we did is we put the last corner um, on the course about 10 feet from the finish line. <laughs> so no one, there are no sprints across the finish. The sprint yeah. is before you get to the finish. And so that keeps it like nobody's getting ran over by a bike going too fast. So the, there's, there's thought behind that because I want people to feel like when they cross that finish line, they can stay right there. And so all these little things that like doing things differently – I think sets us apart and all sets all these other events, but not just us, but everyone who does all these different things at their events that sets them apart. I think that's cool.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Since I want the listener to definitely walk away with a a real understanding of the rule of three course, you know, you talked about these three elements of single track kind of gravel roads and road, you know, as you, as you talk through people who are coming to the event about the type of equipment they would use, I mean, is the single track pretty <laughs> gnarly or is it, you know, it's rideable on, you know, a four sure. C tire. I'm just curious about that. We keep
1: it. Uh, I like to keep it as, as not gnarly as possible that yeah. way, that way, because I, I don't, I don't want to limit our audience to people who are really good mountain bikers. I don't think that's fair. And so we try to keep most of the single track uh, in, in like a like the green blue, yeah. you know, realm. Yeah. Right? And there'll be some technical sections but they're not long. If you need to hop off your bike for a second that's okay. It's not that big a deal, right? We do suggest um nothing smaller than a 45 okay. uh, on tire width. Yeah. Um and f- and 50 is your go-to quite honestly just because really the standard's kind of moving in that direction anyways, but um you're going to have a much more pleasant day on a on a 50 than you would say a, a, even a 45. But Yeah. Um But the course is hard, you know, you know, in, in Bentonville, we don't have these, we don't have these big long climbs like you do out, yeah. out uh, where you're at. So we call it death by a thousand cuts, you know, 10,000 feet of climbing in a hundred miles when you don't have a climb longer than, you know, half a mile at the most. You know, uh, that's, that's a lot of steep, punchy climbing, you know, so it really wears you down over the day and like death by a thousand cuts is, is, is the name of the game. It's
0: it's so interesting coming from the Bay area where, you know, we have to do an 800 foot climb or 1200 foot climb. Just we go up and then we go down. There's not a lot of flat rolling stuff. I personally, I have a really hard time transitioning to the Bentonville type hills because as you said, they just you might push over the first one and the second one and then they just start to add up add up add up and I just yeah. it just think it it hits me a lot differently as a cyclist than the long climbs that I'm used to out here
1: yeah it's interesting uh it's an interesting uh difference like I don't I don't adjust well to the climbs that you do because of where yeah. I live too you know so i'm used to i'm used to 20 seconds at you know whatever 500 watts or like something above threshold or something right so yeah I guess it's just kind of, you're used to where you're at. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a very unique course and we've, we've certainly started out at a, a, a lot of kind of B road sections, um, which can be in general, uh, even more technical than some of the single track too. Yeah. So we, we change the course every year, every single year. It's different.
0: Oh, fun. I think that, that underscores yeah. how much terrain you have access to too, which is exciting.
1: Yeah. I mean, we change it up, uh, drastically. Every year, it feels completely different every year, which is cool. It's and you're like you said, the the you know, our uh, our canvas is big, so it's it's not hard to do that, which is a huge blessing for us for
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah, the other incredibly unique thing about this event is the entry fee. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, um, this
1: is just kind of another part of the of our ethos is our brand, like we. And and it's not just the entry fee, and and it also it goes back to what I said, uh, you know, a few minutes ago. I don't do this for my job. This is not my day job. I'm doing this. I do this because I want to because it's fun. Lauren and I both do it because it's important to us to put on our our goal is uh, not to make money on this. I mean, I know that sounds counterintuitive, but our goal is to put on the best event possible for the people that come up the, the show. And so um, our entry fee is eighty five bucks. Um and I believe we began. I think our first year it was 65, and now it's 85. And we'll never go over the amount of miles that the event is. Is what is basically I think yeah. what what I've committed to, and I I like to commit that in public because it keeps me accountable. One other, one other thing that we do is we do not take or accept cash from sponsors. We want a sponsor to come to our event and take that cash that they would have given us. And use it to to add value to the participants, right? The people that are there. Um, I, I'm a fallible human, and so if you were to give me just, I'm just saying personally, me, if you're a sponsor, you're going to give me, let's say whatever, ten thousand bucks to be a sponsor of Rule of Three. Guess what I'm do? I'm probably going to pocket five thousand of that, and then put five thousand, the rest, other five thousand, into making the event better for yeah. uh, the people. So. What I do to hold myself accountable is I just don't take cash at all. I just say if you want to sponsor the event, then you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to come and add some sort of value to the event. And and it's and we don't make rules in this, which which is cool. Like someone came last year and cooked bacon the out at an aid station the whole day. Um yeah. so there's all these crazy ideas that we encourage the sponsors to come and do uh aid stations uh parties at the finish line somebody's making margaritas in one of their tents or whatever specialized comes and they give they they do post finish they do finish line photos when you're all 30 and gross and yeah and those are free you get those for free we don't charge there's no charge for those um and we have what i like to call the best swag bag in the in the biz like um we give every Competitor two, not one water bottle. Two, because everybody likes a wa- matching water bottle, right? So that's right. I hadn't we water, thought about that. We do. Yeah, <laughs> we do water bottles. We, you know, you get a tea, you get a bandana, you get a, uh, you get an ass saver, you get, you know, you get a stainless steel pint. Last year, uh, Mirror gave everybody s- s- uh, insulated uh, bottles that were logoed, and like, so we. we I like. I like to have two or $300 worth of cool stuff that people will actually use yeah. in the bag that they, that they get it back to pick up. So for us, it's really about creating value and creating a really good time at you know, at, at the event. And, uh, and that's what we're committed to doing. So that's, I guess, a few of the ways that we like to kind of do things different. Right. And I'm, 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 I'm lucky. I'm blessed that um, I don't, I don't put this event on for my living if yeah
0: just being honest yeah yeah it changes the dynamic entirely i think because yeah. it's, i mean it's such a it's such a difficult business to be in the event business it is it is
1: that's yeah. right i i can make every decision i make is is not attached to, to the bottom line and i i, I know that other events aren't like that, and I I applaud them. I think every other event out there I've been to almost not all of them, but a lot of them, and almost all of them. And I will go to them this year too because I think they're amazing. But we just want to do things different at Rule yeah. Three.
0: Yeah, and as you said, there's Plain room simple. There's room for it all. A thousand percent room yeah. for it all. Yeah, I think you mentioned this, but I wanted to make sure the listener uh, has this as a takeaway. That the it's a hundred mile event, but it's I think you have an a additional distance this year. Is that right?
1: Yeah. We actually, we, we also offer a 50 mile event. Okay. Um, so that's something that like, we like to, we like to say, if you, if you don't think that you can finish the, well, you know, this isn't your typical gravel race. It takes a gravel event. i I hate calling it a race for some reason. It doesn't sit well for me. Um, if, You know, this is not a 100 mile gravel event. This will take you a lot longer than you would, it would normally take you to do a gravel event because of that 20 miles of single track. Yeah. You don't think that you can finish something like that in, say, 10 to 12 hours. We always, we like, just, we respectfully say, you should dip your toes in the 50 miler. And then once you've got that under your belt, hit that next one, right? And so we've got the 50, we've got the 100, and this year we're actually adding the 200, um, which will be such, it's going to be a sick route. And we're only opening it to 100 people. Because it's you know you know my my thoughts are ultra distance if it's not already here, it's the future people you know i am mean, thinking of I'm thinking of myself, I've done how many hundred mile events, and where i while I still love them, sometimes I think to myself, well, what's next, right yeah. I think people are thinking in I think a lot of people are thinking what's next for me, I've done ten hundred mile gravel events, yeah what's my next step? Well, a 200 mile is probably your next step. And I, I know that unbound is a 200 miler, but this isn't unbound. This is, you know, this is 200 miles with 30 plus miles of single track at, you know, and you're circumnavigating this ginormous lake out uh, east of Bentonville. There's a lot of climbing and it's way out in the middle of nowhere. It's an adventure. Yeah. So, so what we're do you imagine? that on this year.
0: Yeah. Given, given the, obviously the duration it takes to ride the single track at 100 and, the added single track in the 200 how long of an event are you thinking that's going to be for i mean i don't know how to put it in perspective for people from the first to last but what's the window of time you're right. thinking well
1: we're going to we'll start the event the day before so we'll start okay. we'll start the 200 miler on Friday afternoon and it'll start from where packet pickup is basically um in town And we're, we're, we're making a 30 hour cutoff and you'll have to wear a spot tracker on your, just like you would any other ultra distance event. Right. So it really is a, it's, it's unsupported. It's fully self-supported. We ain't coming to pick you up. So so it's Uh, it's a different adventure. Yeah. But I, I do, I personally believe if it's not already here, it is the future of, of uh, you know, the gravel experience, at least part of the future.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think, to your point just about the different flavors of events that exist even in a like a, a narrow 100 mile mindset now you're seeing it go both directions which is pretty natural i mean i think again like sometimes riding 100 is not enough should be for most people yeah. but sometimes it's not
1: yeah and we we i had a question i had someone ask me the other day are you you ever considered making doing like a 20 miler because your events not that approachable for maybe a newer person and, and I I was just honest and I said no we're not going to but what we do what we do offer is we offer training rides um in Bentonville for no charge they're free we just did what we call the rule of 399 last weekend, which we offered a 22-miler route. For people who wanted to see what it's like, yeah. you get the practice on the single track, you get to see that, wow, this is a lot harder than a 22-mile gravel ride, right? It takes a lot longer. It's harder to do. It takes a little bit more technical skill. So we're we, we are, we're trying to train up newer people to at least have the opportunity to maybe hit that 50-miler one day. I don't think that we'll ever have a a, a distance that's shorter than that. But we do that outside of our rule of three events, like in our rule of three yeah. nine, we do training events and things like that to give people that approach, approachable mindset of, well, maybe I can do the 50. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Super interesting. And that goes back to yeah. what we were talking about with just that great community of cyclists and cycling events that's growing up and around Bentonville. It sounds like there's plenty of opportunity and exposure for people to all these great events that are going on. And as they, sort of start to put a toe in the water. You're not the only person who's told me there's, you know, great group ride events quite regularly out in Bentonville for people to get a understanding of what gravel cycling's all about.
1: There are. There's a lot of great events that happen in Bentonville. It it seems like they're they're nonstop, actually, but um and they're amazing. I love to go to all of them. Um, you know, big sugar's a big deal, you know. Um, and so, you know, and there's, there's many more, that's not, they're not the only one, but there's the, the opportunity opportunities are endless in our
0: our neck of the woods. Amazing. If you will. When does rule (laughs) of three happen each year?
1: Uh, we have, we're on the same weekend every year. So, uh, I I like to, you know, it happens on May 18th, but I I like to say that I think that's May 18th, Saturday might be the, I think it's 18th, um, but I like to say that rule of three is like May 16th through the 19th, because we got the shakeout rides. We've got, you know, uh, we got, uh, breakfast on Sunday morning, uh, you know, uh, after the event, we've got all kinds of things going on all weekend. So I hate to like pin it down. Like I, I'm like, come early, stay late, bring your mountain bike <laughs> too. You know, let's party, you know? So, uh, but yeah, it's on the 18th this year. Yeah. and Love And it. we like, let's, I mean, to, i'm gonna i'm gonna shout out too. like i think gravel locos is that weekend i think uh i think pete's pizza uh, pater is that yeah. weekend and you know i've talked to i've talked to all those guys and i'm like they're you know everybody's kind of like are you guys are we are we okay with all this and i'm like you're we're all in different part, parts yeah. of the country the 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 audience is humongous who cares? It, yeah. You know, you're gonna fill up, you're gonna fill up, we're gonna fill up, let's all be okay with this. There's yeah. no problem with us overlapping dates. I I've had zero problems with that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, how much rider capacity do you
1: have for this year? We we uh, we limited it sixteen hundred people. And there's a reason behind that. I think we could probably sell three thousand three thousand spots, but I don't want to. I want someone who crosses that finish line to look over the our after party, right. And feel like they know everyone there. They don't have to know everyone there, but I want them to feel like they do. And so, um, I'm not interested in, uh, you know, having it be bigger than that. So yeah. that's kind of, that's what we've been at for. This will be our third year that we've been at, at 15, 1600 people. And I like that number. It's, it's nice for us. Um, it helps, it helps our logistics and it just helps people have a better experience too. And so, That's probably what we'll stick at.
0: Yeah. It's funny. I was having a a totally unrelated conversation in my day job just about a business I used to run and this opportunity we had to basically double the business. But I recognized that doubling the business was going to ruin my life. It was going to be miserable. You know, we'd have to run two shifts in a factory. No one would be happy. I couldn't imagine it being the same thing. And so it's great for you. It's great to hear it from your words as well, just like, this is a great size for us where you're confident that we can deliver an exceptional experience to 1,600 people. And why deliver a subpar experience to 3,000 people?
1: Yeah. And I, part of that is because this isn't my real job. Yeah. You know, um, you, know you let three, 4,000 people in, that becomes your real job. And I don't want it to be. I like my real yeah. job.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, when does anyone's registration open?
1: Registration opens uh, February fifth. So what is that like, a few days from now? Yeah, um, I might have to. And that's okay if that's okay if you're like if if this is coming out after that, it's not a big deal. I we have always sold out in like a minute or two anyway. So it's it's. I just love getting on here, and if if, if I'm being completely honest, the legacy that I would love to leave behind with Rule of Three is not the event. The, the legacy I would like to leave behind is that everyone goes out and rides these types of – does these types of rides where they live, no matter where they live. Yeah. And they I, – I call them rule of three rides. You know what I mean? That's a legacy I want to leave. Like I think that this is the funnest form of riding a bike that I've ever experienced, even – just bar none. And uh, and I would I would be happy over the moon if everyone – uh, out there rode did these kind of rides where they lived. So yeah. that's a legacy we really want to leave behind. So
0: I, I love it. Andy, I'm just gonna shut up. If you had a microphone, I would have just allowed you to drop it and we would have cut the cut the show right there. But I do want to just conclude by saying thank you for the energy you're putting into the sport, your energy into the community there. We'll definitely put, you know, links to rule of three because whether it's this year or next year, love for more people to go and get exposed to that great Bentonville riding and the experience you just described to us. Thank
1: you. It was, it's, I, I've, I'm serious. I've listened to your podcast for a long time. How long, you, how long have you been doing this now? God, I think it's five years. I was going to say, I I didn't want to speak out and say like, I've been listening to you for three years and you've only <laughs> been around for two, but because I I did, I you know, you lose track of time. Yeah, but I'm I'm almost positive I've been listening to you since the beginning. So uh, I love it. Very well done. I I love listening to your stuff. It's I like the va- variety. Like you're always speaking to interesting people about all these different interesting topics. So keep it up. It's awesome. Thank I appreciate you. that,
0: Andy. Right on. Thanks for spending <laughs> some time with us, man.
1: Thanks, man. Thank you.
0: That's gonna do it for this week's edition of the Gravel Ride Podcast. Huge thanks to Andy for coming on the show. I had a great time during that conversation. And I hope you all learned a bit about the riding there in Northwest Arkansas, as well as the Rule of Three Gravel event. Sounds like they're already sold out for the year, but as with many of the events, it's important to put them on your list, get them in your calendar for subsequent years, and then jump on that registration to make sure you get in. Big thanks to our friends at Pillar Performance for supporting the show this week. If you're interested in supporting what we do here at the Gravel Ride Podcast, Ratings and reviews are hugely appreciated. So just take a moment, go on over to your favorite podcast app and drop us a five-star review. It really helps in discoverability. If you're interested in connecting with the other cyclists in the gravel cycling community, we do still have the ridership. Just head on over to theridership.com and get your free invite. It's a, it's a community-driven platform where riders can connect with other riders to share stories about gears, events, etc. And with that, I'll say my farewell. Until next time, here's to finding some dirt under your wheels.